0: Deep pattern,
1: downfield, touchdown Miami! What a throw, Devontae Parker! Holy smokes, what a drive! What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as I do every single day, I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football and on today's show a special edition of drive time we have a special announcement coming up on today's podcast I'm going to be joined by the guys from the fish tank Seth Levitt OJ McDuffie I don't want to waste any more time let's go ahead and jump right in with Seth and OJ from the fish tank to do this podcast talk about Jets week and announce our special announcement from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health training complex this is the drive time podcast that's another
0: Miami Dolphins
1: don't want to waste any time. Let's go ahead and get to my two guests today: Seth Levitt, OJ McDuffie. And I am very happy to be joined by my two favorite guests, frequent occurring guests here on the Drive Time podcast. My guys on the 560 post-game show, the fish tank. They're diving into the drive time podcast today. Seth Levitt, OJ McDuffie. What's going on, guys? It's
0: Jets Week, man. That's what's going on, Travis. It's Jets Week. It took you a minute yeah, to respond right. there,
1: but hey, I'll take it. <laughs> No, I can't wait. So the reason we're having the crossover edition today, we used to do this every single Friday where the guys would come on, but now I, I do so much uh, radio and podcasting with you. I'm sick of you guys by the end of the week, so we don't do that anymore. <laughs> but um, we, have, we have kind of a special announcement that I, I suppose has already been announced a few times by myself, and, and I think you guys as well on, on Twitter and, and the like. But we're going to Jersey for the game. We're going up to, to the Meadowlands for the MetLife takeover and uh, before we get started on that, I wanted to ask you guys because I kind of have a very Larry David set of rules when it comes to flying. Juice, what does airplane etiquette mean to you?
2: Hmm. Airplane <laughs> wow. etiquette. Matthew, that was a that's a go right there. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of things that you have to be um, when it comes to etiquette on an airplane. Correct. I like, mean, I mean there, I'm, there I'm very uptight from-
1: about it. So I wanted to hear your guys' as a uh, your takes. Uh-huh.
2: Man, there's, there's plenty of things, man. I mean, it
1: sounds like we need to hear yours. Yeah, I, I think that was a bad intro into it. So I'll just go ahead and tell you. Number yeah. one, don't recline your seat. There's already not enough room behind you to begin with. So don't do that. Yeah. Uh, right. number two, don't fall asleep in the aisle row when you have two people inside of you if you have like a three plus hour flight. I, I've yeah. got all kinds of them, guys. All kinds of them.
2: Well, my you know, I've got, you know, my my biggest pet peeve I usually have is the is the damn the, the common uh, elbow rest. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Now, uh, out, who gets seat precedent gets on the on the elbow rest, on the, you know, on the armrest? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. It's like, I mean, if you got the window, you know, you should probably use the window side. If you're in the middle, you should probably get, you know, a little bit more leeway, you know. And then on the on the on the outside, you know, I feel bad for them anyways, because you know, they can't stick their foot out there, they're gonna be run over. So <laughs> it's the it's the arm resting that that you have to really be considerate about, especially for the person in the middle.
1: Yeah, I think the middle seat gets both armrests. That's always been my approach. Seth, what say you? Weigh in here, big dog.
0: In the the reclining seat, although I can't necessarily blame the person. I mean, if the seat reclines and you paid for your seat, then you kind of have the right to recline. Fair. But it is no fun for the person behind you. Really, it's the airlines that need to be blamed for that. I mean, how much damn room can you get? How many seats can you squeeze into a plane? It's ridiculous. But I I think the thing that gets me is when you get to your seat, you know, and you've waited depending on where you're sitting juice and you get over to your seat and you pop open the overhead and it's completely full with luggage, but there's nobody sitting down over there. So it's the people that, that, you know, they just start stuffing luggage in every overhead there is. And then you've got to go put your luggage, you know, 30 seats away from your own. That's something that I can't get down with. But ultimately my biggest pet peeve, not a pet peeve, <laughs> but my biggest requirement, just get me there safely, man. I hate to fly. That was like every week, you know, traveling on the road with somebody, man, as soon as those wheels up until it's wheels down, my anxiety is on 10, and I
1: just can't wait till we land. I didn't know that. So do we need a fish tank bus Madden style for you guys? Well, not me. A fish tank well, <laughs>
2: I hate
1: to
0: drive too, so I will fly. I will fly. I just hate to fly.
1: Those are those are really good ones. I think the people that put the the luggage in the incorrect spot are the same ones who get up and line at their boarding group like three groups in advance and just stand there and, and cause a huge line. And then my final one before we get out of this airplane talk, it's good stuff, but a long long lot of, lot of segment here is uh, when people get up off the when the plane lands and they get up and stand there and try to rush ahead of you like it files out everyone gets their turn to go out the same like in the right. order of where you sat that's my biggest pet peeve of all right. so people
2: think they're more of a hurry than you are exactly you know we all mean? got places like to go we're all in a hurry man it's You right know right what I mean? now. You're the one that got the seat in the back that's of the plane, it. man. You know that's your that's your own damn fault.
1: <laughs> there you go. Who Thank for else that extra leg, leg, leg? room to get a better seat? I'm with you. <laughs> there you go. So enough talk <laughs> about a one airplane. Let's talk about one of the planes in the division. We do not like a horrible segue there as we talk about dolphins and jets. First game of the year between these two rivals coming up, and you know. I think the rivalries for the Miami Dolphins kind of depend on when you were born or when your fandom really came to be, as far as you know, like when you really got into the sport, into the team. But for me, it kind of is off a little bit because I became a little bit more like hardcore of a Dolphins fan late '90s, early 2000s. But I loathe the New York Jets. I wanted to ask you here, first, Juice, as you've, sure. you've played in that building, absolutely. Uh, what is your favorite Meadowlands memory?
2: Oh, man, there's so many good times. We come out there with some wins, man. Um, obviously, the spike play, you know, that that, that resonates big time with me because, um, you know, that was a game where we were getting our butts walked and we made the comeback. And then at the end, you know, uh, for us to come up with that play with Danny and Mark Ingram, man, was just, was just special. Um, you know, for the spike play for sure. Uh, I've had a couple other incidents where, you know, we weren't playing very well. I, I got a, a play where Charles Jordan <laughs> – Charles Jordan – a, makes makes a catch and then makes a nice little run and fumbles around the five. And I had this, you know, this whole Joe Paterno thing, always say, go to the ball, go to the ball, go to the ball. So I, I'm on the left side, I go to the ball. Next thing you know, the ball bounces basically into my hands. I grab it and go in and score, you know, on, off of that fumble. Uh, so there are so many times we're going in there and, and gotten wins. I think the best part about the Meadowlands is leaving out of there with dubs. Whenever we get a dub and get on that bus, man, Uh, It's been a lot of fun. The hardest part, though, Travis, man, usually stayed right across the street, but it still took me 45 minutes to get there you know <laughs> we should just right. cross the turnpike or the highway whatever it is big <laughs> seven get to the game but nah that wasn't happening man so but uh you those are a couple and that are,
0: police escort could care less they could care
1: <laughs> less about getting you there
0: they're all you know that union the whole thing you're gonna get there when they wanted you to get there for sure
1: yeah that's yeah. frustrating i mean we we work across from the stadium here and it takes me about a two-minute ride to get over to the stadium here at hard rock but uh you know, Seth, same question to you, man. Like you and I have different experiences than Juice do, obviously. What's your favorite memory inside the Meadowlands? Because I'm kind of thinking about this. A lot of my favorite Jets-Dolphins memories occurred down here. I have one very obvious one, but what do you say?
0: Well, so it's interesting to have to follow Juice, right? Because I mean, yeah. <laughs> none of my memories are going to be anywhere near as cool as his. Um, but I, I think just just the, I don't even want to use the word pageantry, but it's it's almost a circus going out there, man. It's... You know, the energy level, the, the angst, the, the last time, I don't even remember when it was, it had to be the 2003 season, but the last time we played against the Jets out there where I worked for the team, there was a guy getting tossed from the stadium before kickoff <laughs> because of a fight in the stands. I'm like, how is this already happening? We went out there, it was warm ups juice, and the guy was getting tossed. So it's just always a little crazy very creative. The things that you know that come out of fans' mouths as they're <laughs> heckling folks down there. You know that's that to me is part of what makes the rivalry special. So really, just just every time we're there, there's something unique that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I've always <laughs> wondered about the guy that winds up rushing the field, baseball, football, or otherwise on like the first inning or after the opening kickoff. Like at least get your money's worth and go on the final like the final play of the game or something. Yeah. That's always been my thought. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. He must have dinner plans or something. He wanted to get <laughs> out of there early. He's not gonna make those plans he either, either. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's well he thought he was gonna get across the field, Juice. He really <laughs> thought he was gonna get across He's gonna
1: try to Creed's assassin his way out of the out of the bleachers there and get his, his way out of the scene before he gets caught. But no, I mean my favorite memory, it's an e- it's an easy one and kinda of to Go back to that original point I made to you guys, you know, my first real indoctrination into kind of the media world, and it wasn't even media, it was just a Dolphins message board, but really how I learned how to kind of, you know, articulate my thoughts and learn the game of football was on various Miami Dolphins message boards when I was in high school and into college and beyond that. And there was this weird crossover between Dolphins and Jets message boards that even though the rivalry wasn't like super hot at that time, they just, I think it was a carryover from years and years of hating each other. And so I just, I began to develop this real disdain for the fan base as a large based off a few people I spoke to, which is obviously always a mistake because every fan base has good and bad and unruly and everything in between fans. And then also the bravado of Rex Ryan really really rubbed me the wrong way those years because I always said like at least the Patriots have won something and they talk and you know the Jets they don't have a championship in their in their cupboard so that always bothered me and that brings yeah. me back to the pre-Rex Ryan era though the 2008 Chad Pennington Wildcat game to go in there with the quarterback they said goodbye to in favor of Brett Favre uh, you know and, and they took a huge lead in the division that season to go in there after losing opening day in week 17 and get a victory in their house with their former quarterback to clinch a division title the last one we've had Around here, that like I kind of teared up in that game, if I'm honest with you guys. That was one of my favorite football games of all time. and I don't think you can ever beat that memory,
2: Cavs. I think you probably teared up in quite a few games. Man. <laughs> yeah, the way it seems, man. You seem like a guy <laughs> really, really, really emotions about the dogs on your sleeve, man. You so, this right, is one instance, right?
1: Your read is very right.
0: juice <laughs> earlier in the year, when he thought Jalen Waddle got hurt on the sidelines, he was tearing up, man. It, you know, it's He's an emotional guy. He's an emotional guy. So if we're talking about the rivalry in general, I mean, I was raised to hate the Jets. We fired a babysitter. We had these New Yorkers. Oh I, You know, this apartment I lived in in Hollywood, Florida, and this guy was a huge Jets fan. And, uh, and then he started talking trash after, you know, the Jets beat the Dolphins. And my stepdad and I were all pissed off. And then they come in running his mouth. My stepdad fired him on the spot. He wouldn't pay him for the hour, the whole deal. He ran him right out of there. So, so the, the rivalry runs deep. It runs deep.
1: That's incredible. <laughs> that, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard as far as a Dolphins-Jets story. I mean, that's that's someone's livelihood on the line. You're not going to come in here wearing that that shade of green and, and trying to support that that organization. <laughs> what about you, Juice? Cause like, obviously no, you pl- don't, you, don't do that. You played against them, but what about in your post-playing career? Is there a memory like when you were, and this can be in Miami too because you went to so many games, but there had to have been a time after you played against them that you were like, man, I still don't like these guys.
2: Oh, yeah. I, well, I never will like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't like the Jets, the Pats, the Bills. Hell, I still don't like the Colts. The Colts, yes. You know what I mean? Love that. Oh, so, yeah. Mean. I mean, I, it don't matter to me, man. If you played in that division all those years that I was there and and, and up to now, yeah, this, just pure hatred. I've got one of my best friends who's a serious Jets fan, you know? And he actually had season tickets with me when I stopped playing at the Dolphins games, You know, and he'd be all like Dolphin now and stuff. And the Jets come in town, he's got all this ugly green stuff for him, you know? And so it became a problem. It's still a problem to this day. You know, he asked for some tickets for a Jets game. I said, no, we don't. I don't have any. I don't know where to find any of them, bro.
1: There's a lot
2: of other outlets, big Seth. You know what I mean? To find some tickets. You should have so, sent some uh, tickets in the McDuffie jersey. Yeah, yeah. This so- is
1: true. <laughs> Go ahead, Seth. Go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, in full transparency, I guess what we can't ignore is there was one season where my boss was wearing those colors. And that was a very challenging uh, and awkward position to be in, for sure. So, so I, I have to say I, I did go to a game that was a non-Dolphins game out there uh, to cheer on JT. And, I, you know, and then clearly when Jason was playing for the Jets, they came down here uh, and, and played in what is now Hard Rock Stadium. And I had to wear Jason Taylor foundation gear to both games. You know, that was, that was the only way to get
2: around all that man well I'm gonna tell you this Travis man it took me a long time to get over <laughs> JT in yeah. those colors man yeah, and Seth that. will tell you man yeah, man if it weren't for Big Seth I probably wouldn't I probably wouldn't want to zero Jason Taylor Foundation events if it wasn't for Big Seth <laughs> because of that 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 game green he was wearing man but you know Big Seth is my man so I say all right Seth I'm gonna do it for you I'm not doing it for JT I'm gonna do it for you
1: I'm, I'm going to tell well, there's you right now. a
2: lot now, of PR on damage control
0: for
1: sure. Yeah, uh, without, without question. I'm going to tell you right now, Seth, th- those back to back AFC championship games they went to, certainly, you know, I kind of told you guys that was when the height of the rivalry was as far as how emotionally invested I was as an emotional guy, as we've already gone ahead and, and declared on the podcast here. <laughs> but um, you, those two games, aside from Dolphins games, I've never been more invested. In 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 a football game and to see the Jets, well, the Patriots Super Bowl against the Giants the first time was definitely up there as well. But the Jets not going to a Super Bowl was so important for me, and seeing JT play in that game and play well, man, you talk about emotional. I didn't know what to do with myself because I love JT and everything that he did for the Miami Dolphins organization, and you know now getting to know him a little bit, but. It just, it was really weird seeing him in that shade of green, man. It it, it was an an uneasy weekend for me that year he was in the AFC Championship game. I can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. Let's go ahead and move on. Let's talk. Let's talk about more uh, modern, modern Dolphins and Jets here. So we're going up to the game this weekend. I believe we're all flying together. We'll see if we can make it a Dolphins party on that on that flight. But uh, what are you guys most excited about for this trip? I know we, we've probably got a lot planned that I'm not quite privy to yet, exactly as far as nailing down our schedule and our weekend itinerary. But I know we're going up there to meet some Dolphins fans to try to promote these podcasts. So Juice, what are you most excited about, man?
2: Man, I've been trying to get to the MetLife takeover for years now, Travis, man. I've been trying to get there for years, man, and finally, finally, finally get an opportunity to go up there and see what it's all about, man. Uh, it's, it's such a great group of fans. And I'm going to tell you this, man. Everywhere we went on the road, and Seth will tell you, man, we had some of the best fans. We really do. You can hear them, man. We get upset about fans being in our stadium, you know, the, the road team. But, man, go to some of these other stadiums and see what happens, man. The MetLife takeover – the Dolph fans that are there, it's, it's going to be special, man. So it's going to be fun to go in there and hang out with these these fans that have been doing it for a long time and it literally is a takeover. You know, it started like maybe one section of the stadium, now it's two or three sections of the stadium. Now they got you know crossover drive time with, with fish tank coming. You know, what could be better than that, bro? What could be better than that?
1: My, my favorite thing, what is better than that, is when the Dolphins win games there. And they've done a pretty good job of that lately, actually, in the last several years, is the let's go Dolphins chances start pouring down from the 300 section. There is no sweeter sound in all of football than that. Seth, what do you think, man? We're heading up there for a big game on Sunday. What are you looking forward to? Yeah, I
0: just like that. You know that that Dolphin NYC crew is phenomenal and Michelle and Igor and everybody there and and you know great fan base to be to be Dolphins fans and literally take over a bar over there and make it your own and build just a whole fan base there in enemy territory it says a lot about the type of fans that they are I see every year what they're doing for the takeover and it's really exciting um, and, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to going out there for it. They also raise a ton of money. They're a nonprofit, very charitable. They've raised money for our foundation. They raise money for a lot of different foundations associated with the Miami Dolphins, and, and that will continue uh, this weekend. So very excited about that. But I'm also, you know, it's funny because you guys are the X's and O's guys, but I'm looking forward to seeing this Miami Dolphins football team yeah. get back on the field, man. I mean, yeah. that's, uh, that Thursday night game, you know, I was like, I, it left me wanting more. So I hope that we can pick up uh, on the field right where we left off and bring some of that energy into the uh, into the Meadowlands and um, you know now MetLife um, and and hope we can continue to see some really good Miami Dolphins football as well.
1: No, let's let's talk about that right there. It's a great point because I mean all of a sudden there's some juice with the fan base you know it was, it was a tough start to the season a couple of wins in five days got has everybody a little bit fired up right now uh Brian Flores announced earlier on Monday that Tua tonga will be the starting quarterback for that game you know barring any any hiccups or pra- in practice or anything like that so I think everyone's excited to get him back out there and, and hopefully even healthier because you know Flores and, and he both talked about the fact that the finger was a little bit limited in terms of how he could grip the football but let's go ahead and pick it up right there Juice and we'll get back into the to uh you know this Dolphins and Jets game and the rivalry and everything, but just with Tua last week and kind of going forward down the stretch of the season here, what did you see in that game that impressed you, and and what do you expect here over the final, what is it, seven games now? We've already 10 games into the season. What do you expect here the final seven games from Tua Tunga-Vailoa?
2: Yeah, man, that's a great point there, Chuck. You know, here's the thing, man. Nobody gave us any weight or any credit for the the Houston Texans win, but then the Thursday night game against the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, now all of a sudden people are starting to talk a little bit about how that defense is starting to play, and what Tua did coming in off the bench as the reliever, you know, was was awesome. It started off a little rough, and I'm like, oh no, I was a little worried at the beginning. Yeah. But he found <laughs> his legs, he found his stride, made some big plays, made some big throws. Man, defense did what they did. But I'm excited to see where he goes if he can continue on this on this on this this little road, this little path that he's on uh, with the defense like that. Man, he could be very special. That's the key, though, man. Look at some of these other guys that are going out there and played well. If They've got a solid defense on one side, giving them opportunities. They don't have to do everything to help a team win. And I think that's going to be key for for Tua moving forward. And there will be some games that he will go out there and win. So I think that having that defense on that side, playing that type of football, Tua being smart with the football and taking his opportunities when he gets a chance, that's a recipe for success. Even teams are starting to come around. So if we get those three phases working I think we're going to be special. But it starts with that you know, defense, and Tua can, he can actually ride that wave and, and be very successful as a quarterback
1: for us. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned other quarterbacks around the league because right now I think you're getting a good look at, at rookies, for instance, who are having success. It's it's a balanced recipe, complimentary football with good defense, a good running game, and the passing game kind of complements those two factors as well. What say you, Seth? You know, Juice talks about the defense. I mean, that's kind of where it starts and ends right now, right? This This defense the last three weeks, they've kind of – remade who they are in a sense in terms of the zero pressure looks we've talked about Brandon Jones and Javon Holland pressuring outrageously right now in terms of the number of blitzes and the number of times they get home on those blitzes and impact the play what do you think man defense going forward and then uh, maybe a little bit of a boost from the offense as well
0: I mean, that's, you know, we've talked about this in the post game, that this team butters its bread. You know, this team is built to be strong defensively. I think that's where earlier in the season there was a lot of head scratching because, uh, you know, we, we weren't seeing what we had hoped for or expected. But, man, oh, man, the last couple of weeks they've played lights out. And, uh, you know, who doesn't want another spoonful of Javon Holland right now? I mean, that guy's, uh, you know, playing. The, the, I said it on the post game, the last two weeks – He's played at an all-pro level. I'm not saying he's an all-pro. He's got to earn that. He's a young guy, um, and and there's a lot of exciting potential there. But the last two weeks, he's played as well as anybody. And and I'm looking to see what, you know, Juice, you know it, man. Once guys start to get into rhythm and start to believe in themselves and start to see that they can do it, and as you said, kind of start to shake that rookie, uh, that, that rookie tag off a little bit, and they start playing like vets, and he's playing like one. I think we're starting to see that from Phillips as well. Uh, And then guys who we are accustomed to playing. Well, of course, Xavier Howard always brings it. Um, And, and there's no way that they're not going to be up for jets week, you know, so we know that's going to be the case. And I, I just can't see, I can't wait to see what the defense does, but I think that you brought up a really good point as it relates to Tua, you know, last week he talked about having to take mental reps that he was, he did not practice with the ones. Um, And I do think that showed a little bit, you know, that and the fact he's got a broken finger in his throwing hand or fractured, (laughs) whatever the right term is. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but you know, in fairness to Tua, uh, you know, I I do think it showed a little bit, but he rallied and, and he did exactly what you needed, what needed to be done. But let's not forget when he came back from the broken ribs, those were two of his best games as a Miami (laughs) Dolphin. Um, And so I'm hoping that he can continue to find that rhythm and continue
2: to excel. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Big Seth. I, I think um Tua is starting to find him, man. I think we're starting to find some other guys that are out there making plays, you know, for him. The, the, you know, getting Waddle more involved was outstanding the other day. Even guys like Isaiah Ford, when they get their opportunities from making plays, with Gasicki not having any catches, but still being a factor, taking a couple guys with him all the time, you know, that was huge for him. Yeah, too. I don't
0: want to make a habit out of that though. Jason. Yeah, I don't either. You
2: still gotta give him those chances, those opportunities, man. But I you know, I just trust with two of what I've seen is that he's gonna go to the right place with the rock. You know, he's going to make the right decision, man. That's what you want from your quarter, from your leader. Can't force it certain places. you got to be smart about it, and that's what's coming right now. And look at the other guys. You know, you talked about two and Javon. You know, Javon, them. they're in their 13th game right now, free preseason and 10 regular seasons. They're starting to come around. They're starting to get it. And the fact that Javon Holland's coming around, I think that's the reason we're able to do some of the things that we expected to see from our defense because the young guys are starting to get it now. You know, the guys up front already knew what they were doing. Now the guys in the back end are starting to get it. And that's been huge for our success the last couple
1: of games. He's playing so fast. That that hit that we talked about on the post-game show where we said he set the tone. You know, Seth, you mentioned that, kind of the physicality of that game being set by Javon Holland. You watch him on that play. He's like 20 yards off the football, comes from depth. He never decelerates and takes all of that energy into the hit. I, I mean, you guys know how I feel about him. I think he's a special, special player. Been fun to watch. I want to come back to the matchup here in just a second. But we all just got a text. I don't know if you guys saw it from the man himself, Jason Jenkins. He sent us the hype video of Juice with TD on the sideline on Thursday night. Juice, are, is this going to be a weekly thing, man? Are we at least going to have something like this at the MetLife Takeover? How can we not?
2: I, man, I don't know, man. It was, I was so damn nervous, man, but I was so hyped, man. <laughs> I was so fired up, bro. It was like all day I had butterfly. I didn't eat all day, man, because I knew I was gonna be out there. I didn't even tell my kids that I was gonna be on the field. I said, I told my my oldest son, I said, JJ, record me. He said, like for what Dad? What am I recording you for? Then all of a sudden they handed me the mic and Man, I tell you, after the game, I got about 40 text messages about how they got hyped. My friends that were in the stands got hyped for it. I said, I was hyped too, man. And I hope that we continue to do juice to hype, man, for every every Dolphin game. You know what I mean? I can do it from anywhere in the stadium. I don't care where it's at. Just give me the mic and let's roll. I,
1: I want to see you maybe uh, maybe love suspend it. down onto the field. Like, the like who was the wrestler that used to do that? Was it like... S- I forget his name. I don't know. I'm not a big wrestling fan, but the guy that would come down off the zip line into the stadium, that's kind of what I'm picturing with you. Oh, I'm right not going to zip line,
2: bro. <laughs> no, brothers. Brothers don't do that stuff, man.
1: Brothers don't get down like that, Travis. <laughs> fair point, fair point. Well, its I think either you guys or I should to text or should tweet that out because it's a great video that is. And if you guys do, I'll retweet it for you as well. So just I, I just thought it was funny. He sent us that video in the middle of recording this podcast. He'll be happy to know we're doing this. I haven't told him we're doing this yet, but it'll, it'll be a good podcast that comes out on drive time here on Tuesday, but right back to the topic here, real quick, guys. You know, I, I mentioned the Jet the Dolphins have had success in that building. They have road wins in 2016, 2018, 2020. So, trying to avoid the every other year thing here and get this win in 2021. And you know, Brian Flores, since he got here, is three and one against the New York Jets. Juice, how have they done that? You guys talked about defense a lot in the previous segment. There, a lot of that's because of defensive success, right?
2: Yeah, it's been a lot of defensive success. And I mean, I would, let's be real here too. The Jets haven't been very good either. You know, and so whenever you're playing as teams, you're supposed to beat them, no matter where it's at. You got to go in there and beat them. And I think we feel the same way about going there this week, you know, and, and getting that opportunity to play them up there. Um, but you have to go into New York or, or Jersey and beat these guys. And you play them again a few weeks later, you have to beat them again. You know, you, you still have, you know, the opportunity, you know, to, to beat New England later. So you just got to do what you're supposed to do. But when it comes to the Jets, the stinking Jets, you know what I mean? You have to go in there and put it on them. You really do. And I think that, um, you know, we're talking about when do we become like, you know, understand this rivalry. I hope some of the older guys and the veteran guys in that locker room that have played in this thing for a few years can pass that down to young guys like Javon Holland who's never played in this game yet. You know, there's a couple other guys that never, Jalen Phillips, never played in this game yet, but they have to learn how to hate this team and then go out there smartly and translate that into good football.
1: It's a good time to birth some new jet killers. We haven't had one in a while. I think maybe Teddy Ginn was the last one that consistently uh, tore up the Jets of all people back in the late 2000s there. But you know, Seth, I think it would be 4-0 against the Jets for Brian Flores. I still strongly disagree two years later with that pass interference call on Nick Needham in the Meadowlands. It was right around this time of year in that 2019 season when the Dolphins were kind of figuring it out and getting some wins together. And they called a DPI on Nick Needham in the short yardage. like It was like third and 15 and they threw a check down and they called a dpi on him that i really disagree with so that would have been 4-0 against the jets so brian flores here seth looking to push this thing to 4-1 against the jets in his first five games against them
0: yeah i mean look if coach flores was here my guess, Juice, is he would say what they're looking to go 1-0 this week right. so you know <laughs> uh, and i will as much as people hate that because they feel <laughs> it's boring or what have you i actually agree with coach in the sense that It doesn't matter. Well, first of all, Jets, Week you throw the records out regardless, right? You know, they have not had the year they wanted. Clearly our season didn't get started the way we wanted, and we hope that we're on a roll now. But none of that matters going into this week. They need to get a W. That's the bottom line. So I I hope that whatever it's been that has led Coach Flores and and his teams to victory continues uh, against the Jets for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, one of the things I saw, like they had a tough outing on Sunday against the bills, the bills have, have, you know, been, been tough for the dolphins have been tough for a lot of teams this year, but I know that the jets defense has not, has underperformed or at least re- related to the way they want, want to, to see that team perform. And they've sent, so they've sent some historic, uh, lows, and this is a real opportunity for the Miami dolphins offense to come out there and play their best football that, you know, and so I, I hope that we do see that, um, and, and I think that if the defense can continue playing the way they have been and the, and the offense can get it rolling, then you know, we'll have a great flight home.
1: Yeah, the Jets' last four games, they've been allowing a, a high point total. I think, the most of anybody in the National Football League, so a good chance for the Dolphins to kind of find their rhythm. And I think they have been coming along slowly here as we kind of go down the stretch of the season. The offensive line I think has played a little bit better. Uh, we're getting some receivers back, and they're playing better. I mean, Jalen Waddell continues to get better every single week, and uh, hopefully we get some of those guys back here shortly as well. So, a big chance to get a big win here, and like Seth mentioned, they are go 1-0 and this week and, and come back home for a nice three-game homestand ahead of a bye week. So, really looking forward to this that uh just personally and for this dolphins team as well but i wanted to close the podcast up here with a tough question for you guys i don't know if you saw it in the notes beforehand but maybe you can pass too if you want seth that might be the route you take i just i know how you go on these things my man um <laughs> Most hated, or let's not say hated. It's not because, a prediction, is it? No, 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 no. Hated's a strong word. Your least favorite jet of all time. I'll start it off just so you guys have some time to think about it. Because, you know, I, I would say like Wayne Corbett, but I always respected his game, so I didn't dislike him. He just was, he was so dang good that it was hard to, you know, get excited about him. But the guy that I actually can say I just did not like the way he did things was Rex Ryan, not a player or a coach. So my pick is Rex Ryan. <laughs> what say you guys?
2: I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Mo Lewis.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna tell
2: man. you why. Mo Lewis, man, I-, I thought I was a man one game, and I thought I was gonna <laughs> crack back and get him one time, oh, Big no. Seth and Travis. And uh I didn't he did not see me coming on a crack back block. It was like a toss 39 crack. I hit him with everything I had, man. <laughs> and uh I just slid down his body like a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he did not move one inch bro it was like I, I mean, that was a grown man right there i ran into man so and then uh he's continued to lay the wood on us throughout his whole career with the jets man he just he was yeah. so cool to deal with and uh so i still don't like him man if i saw him on the streets right now i, I wouldn't say nothing when he passed by <laughs> i would be talking again you know what you i mean wouldn't
1: throw that crack back block in, in, as a pedestrian <laughs> in <his> street clothes
2: <laughs> that's right man so yeah mo lewis man was just tough to deal with for me man and for our team to deal with so yeah he's my he's probably mine
1: you know Brady would have got here eventually, but he also ushered in the Tom Brady era faster than it had to. So that's, that's a good another problem
2: go. I got with Mo Lewis. Exactly.
1: <laughs> that's a fair
0: point. Exactly right. That's a fair point. So I, I definitely am going old man here on this one, and and my least favorite. There, it's twofold. One guy, and and I don't know anything about him, and I know that. So Marty Lyons, Marty Lyons is uh, is the individual who essentially ended Dwight Stevenson's career. Um, you know, and, and Dwight would never hold that against Marty. He'd probably get mad at me for saying that. Um, and I know they have great respect for each other, but, uh, you know, just the fact that truly the greatest center of all time, uh, had his career cut short, uh, against the jets and a hit that that probably didn't need to happen is something that, um, it, hard for me to get past, but the guy that I hated, and I'll use the word hated. And I know you said, you know, how I get like this, but Mark Gastineau, man, yeah, if you, yeah. you know, if you're an old Dolphins fan and you watch the Jets and Gastineau with that crazy hair and that sack dance that was just deplorable and he'd get <laughs> out there and, and do his thing. I mean, he was built to be a guy that Dolphins fans are supposed to hate. Uh, and, and again, perfect for the rivalry but he was out there like the ultimate warrior or something like it was, you know, it was like WWE and you know, if you watched the dolphins jets games back then, there's no way you could have liked Mark Castano.
1: No, he was part of the New York Sack Exchange, right? That was his era. I remember that nickname. Pretty good nickname. I'll give him that, but i am yeah. with you on the on the players and what and the like. So, there you have it. One one bonus I'll give you guys is Jumbo Elliott, just because of the heartbreak he caused oh, us. I was
2: mean, thinking that too. So, yeah, let's toss
1: him oh, in there. Is. He should have dropped up. that ball. He almost dropped it. He he basically did what Rob Hunt was trying to do on uh, on Thursday night with the incredible Catch and run on the ineligible man downfield. But either way, that's the podcast, guys. I appreciate you guys coming on today. Do you guys want to let us know what's happening on the fish tank today? This is a Tuesday podcast. What's coming out today on the fish tank?
0: Well, once you're done listening to this, hopefully you'll go over there and download our interview with Hunter Goodwin. Talked about it in the post game show. Hunter is not a name that, you know, if you polled 1,000 Dolphin fans, they're not all going to put Hunter in their top 10 favorite Dolphins of all time. But Hunter is going to definitely be a top ten storyteller. Uh, he was a great tight end here, as a as a you know one of the best blocking tight ends in the league during his three years that he was with us. Just a big physical guy, very opinionated guy. Juice uh, talks about life, talks about you and uh, Hunter both talked about toughness of current players and raising your kids and all that stuff, oh, and yeah. uh, and just some crazy stories about how Hunter tried to get rid of ear infections with the. <laughs> Put the hot tub in the training room (laughs) and all kinds of funny stuff. So Hunter Goodwin episode is a must listen.
1: Well there you have it, the Fish Tank Podcast coming out this week, or should be out today when this podcast comes out as well. And once again, we are going to be at the MetLife takeover this weekend. I believe we get in Saturday afternoon. And I'm prepared to shake a bunch of hands and take a bunch of photos and meet a bunch of Dolphins fans. We're out there to promote the podcast. So if you see us around, come say hi. We'll be tweeting out and and Instagramming out where we're gonna be at and and doing some promotional stuff. And if you come see us, we're gonna grab your phone and subscribe to both Drive Time and the Fish Tank Podcast. Although if you're listening to this podcast now, you probably already are, so We'll, we'll double subscribe for you if you have that backup self. <laughs> or at least Drive they
0: Time. They're definitely listening to Drive Time. Yeah, that's oh, true. You know, like we got to get them over on the Fish Tank
1: side as well. But also check out the Fish Tank Juice. podcast. My every guys, time Juice. I
0: see a fan, I know I'm running long, and Travis hates when I when I go off format <laughs> here. But every time somebody came up to us at boat campers, or we were somewhere recently, they always say, "Oh, my two favorite podcasts." I'm like, I know you like Drive Time. I get it. I know you like Travis. You know, and if OJ were here, then you could say one of your other favorite podcasters. But I'll take
1: it. I'll take the love. That's yeah, the thing right. you, you gotta bring your star, man. You gotta know, you gotta know where the get the ball into the superstar. That's how we do this thing around here, Seth. <laughs> That's it. All right, guys. Well, thank you for your time. We'll uh, we'll see you um, I guess Saturday. Are we doing a lunch bunch on Friday. Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right, we'll see you at the lunch bunch on Friday, Seth. OJ, thanks again, guys. Appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Travis.
1: And away they go. How much fun is that every time we get those guys in the podcast? If you have not done so already, go check out the latest edition of the Fish Tank Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review that thing. In the meantime, that's going to be my time. Do the same for drive time if you have not done so. Subscribe, rate, review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. Follow the Fish Tank at Tank 81 And the Miami Dolphins, of course at Miami Dolphins go ahead and check out the YouTube channel for all of our media availabilities as well as Dolphins today with my with myself and Joanna Torres and of course MiamiDolphins.com until next time fins up Caroline daddy is coming home